Everything 
just was all dirt comes haunting And that little girl who called you a flirt Memory comes taunting You pick these things apart They're not that appealing You put them together And you'll get this certain feeling That summer feeling Is gonna haunt you one day in your life gonna taunt you you're gonna want this feeling inside Hey guys, welcome back to Napalm and Friends. And this week I am joined with an artist who is hands down one of the most dedicated musicians I've met. He plays for the infectious surf band Los Pacalolos along with the gritty punk band Resist and Exist. It is Johnny Reyes. So thank you so much for giving me a bit of your time. I truly appreciate it. So you've, or rather in previous conversations, you've told me about your connection with music and how it has always been an itch that you had to scratch. And it's something that I really, really admire. But before we get into your musical projects now, how exactly did you find rock and roll? First of all, thank you. It's nice to finally meet you. And I appreciate you having me on. Um, uh, rock and roll, I think it's just always been around. Um, my grandparents, they were, you know, came over from uh, Waters, but they listened to 50s rock and roll and stuff, right? So that was always like what was playing in the background. Um, and then, I mean, that's like, older rock and roll stuff and then um i guess my sister was always into like 87 she's like seven years older than me so she was into like the the new wave stuff and everything that was kind of cool and hip at the time throughout the 90s and stuff so that kind of got me into like um like the new wave stuff and like that joy division type stuff and um then from there, it was just like, okay, 80s, and I started finding punk, and that just seemed to make sense to me. So just went with that route. Even though, like, uh, like my parents are more, like, uh, the homie type, you know? They're like, uh, yeah, you know, that type. So it was kind of weird and didn't really make sense for me to go that route, but um, it was just the one for me, you know? You said that with punk, it kind of made sense, like, if you could elaborate a little bit more on that, like what exactly about it clicked for you? Uh, it was probably the obscurity, uh, just coming from like a pretty solid, like a normal childhood, I guess. I mean, on the weekends we went to like lowrider shows and stuff like that. So that was pretty normal for quite a while. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know, probably the shock the value of it. And then, as I start digging into it, the feeling, the aggression, the this aliveness, you know, and it seemed like to kind of, um, as I started like digging into the lyrics and stuff, it just seemed to like um, ask why and like kind of push back. And that just was how I always been as a child, you know, I would get in trouble. It's like, I'm not talking back. I'm, I'm trying to talk sense. Like, let's have a conversation. And it was like, no. So... <laughs> I picked up on that real quick and um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I wasn't much of a reader. That was, that's where I did all my reading. I, I was a lyric fiend. I read lyrics. So that was like kind of my literature now that I look back and I learned a lot. <laughs> There's a lot to learn from that. <laughs> what was one of your first punk bands then? To listen to? Yeah, to listen to. Before we get into you being an actual yeah, yeah, yeah. musician. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay, so the one that blew my mind um, was the Dead Kennedys. A friend had uh, burned me a CD, and uh, I remember, I, it's one of those things you remember the exact moment. We had, like, puppies at, at the house at the time, and so I went into the garage to chill with the puppies, oh. and uh, and I put on the CD, and it was, like, California Rurales, and it just, I was like, oh, this is real punk, because... Before then, I mean, I was listening to like No Effects and I had heard Circle Jerks and Suicidal Tendencies, but something about the Dead Kennedys and like the vibe and the sound and how he was saying what he was saying, I was, oh man, I was mesmerized. And I was like, oh, this is real, you know? 
And um, yeah. So then, um, I mean, this is going to tie in into a future question. How exactly did you find surf music? With the 50s and 60s era, like music being so prevalent in the house, um, just heard it. I remember, uh, I don't hear from around here, uh, uh, the old Kareth 101 radio station. And they used to play the best music. And that was like the go-to radio station in the car, you know, or something like that. So um, that, I, in retrospect, like really influenced me on that type of music, that radio station. Now they play like anything from, they play like 90s music set. And I seen the uh, devolution of that and um, it was a bummer, but they played everything uh you know you would hear richie valens buddy holly like the ventures and so you hear just those classics and, I, and it was really just the classics um recently i got into surf it was yeah because of the band uh my uh i lived with my drummer for a while and that's his bag like he listens to that stuff all the time so i picked up a few things from him and kind of got into the more recent bands that's how like the whole base criteria for the our current band came about really that's awesome it's if i can recall correctly uh K-Earth, it was 101.1 right yeah because mm-hmm. same same scenario with me with how i grew up it's like my mom would always have that radio station on in like 107.1 or like 107.9 like the spanish radio mm-hmm. stations. but with 101.1 like i remember being really excited for the whenever the beatles would come on and that's right, how yeah. my mom would start learning english so yeah you know definitely they that was like the golden days of the radio station i feel yeah, even like, uh, man, I want to say in my early 20s, like those coming home all crudo mornings on Sundays, they would do like a Beatles hour and they would like give all this crazy insight and clips of interviews and stuff. And I was like, cool. That was a good time for me to like drive home in the morning, you know? So it's perfect. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you mentioned that you lived with your drummer for a bit and kind of going into the bands that you play now. How exactly did you pick up the bass? And is there any other instrument that you play? Yeah, so um, I would say at the root of it, I've played probably guitar the longest, but um, I guess the drums. I would say I'm more of a drummer. I, I mean, if it comes to like a random jam, I feel most comfortable playing the drum. So uh, my parents had got me a drum set when I was like 11. I already had like an acoustic guitar, but I just wasn't vibing on it. So it was the drums that kind of I forced myself. I wasn't really coordinated. I wasn't a natural. I had to find how to like find a beat on that. And then um, then came guitar, high school, uh, junior high. You know, I started learning all the punk stuff. I had one cousin, my cousin Frankie, who showed me like a bar chord for like a, it smelled like Teen Spirit. You know, like some random outing to my aunt's house in Almani, and. Um, with that bar chord, I took it everywhere. I figured out, oh, perfect, that's punk. It was like everything aligned, you know? It's kind of weird like that. And uh, that's the main chord for punk. And I started playing guitar. And then, let's see, I played guitar in like short-term projects. I had actually a hardcore band, probably when I was 18, called SNGAF. And that like really took off. That was really cool uh, for a little bit, but it just it didn't work out. And um, I think after that, I played drums for like a psychobilly band, and that's where I kind of met a lot of people that I know. So I like, I was actually the lead singer and the drummer at, uh, at that time, and then my guitarist would sing too. And um, it was a three piece, and then I became like a full time drummer. Then I was kind of known as a drummer, and then uh, when that broke up, I think it was the hardcore band. Um, that went for a way and then I was a guitar player again for a while and I only recently started playing the bass that's like the last instrument I played I played keyboard I know like a little bit of this and that um um, but the bass is actually the last thing I played and I picked it up because my old bass player in this band I was in, Neglected Few, that was kind of like me going to community college, I always say, for school. Uh, this mm-hmm. Neglected Few, like, I really met everybody through that band. Um, 
and uh, my bass player, my upright bass player, uh, was in the hospital for a gig, didn't want to bail on my buddy Roman. So uh, I played one set on the E-Bass, and that was kind of the first time I ever played bass. And then he quit the band, so I started playing bass on the uh, electric bass full-time for that. And then, yeah, I've just been learning along the way. So it seems like every instrument you've picked up, it's just kind of not out of necessity. It's just more like you see an available spot and you just kind of take over. Oh, yeah, dude. Would you say that you're a quick or a fast learner? If I want to be, you know, like most people, I guess, you know, it's not like the because I the desires there. Yeah, I'll learn it real quick. Yeah, I've been the drummer because that's why I bought my drum set. I was like in a small, quick project and uh, our brother, uh, our guitar player's brother took the drum set back. He wanted his drum set back. So I worked up, saved up and bought my drum set, which is the one we use in Los Pacololos now. So I've had it for over half my life. It's it's just been around forever. I think I was maybe 14 or something, 15. And I got it. And um, yeah, you nailed it. Necessity, whatever needs to be played, I'm down because I want to play, you know? And it's like, uh, I think that's what it all comes down to. I found out is like, uh, some people either want to do it or you don't want to do it. And uh, that's what got me here today. (laughs) No, that's beautiful. So it seems like you've played in a wide variety of, I guess, like musical genres and bands. What has been the wildest show that you've played? Oh man, um, two, I gotta say two for two different reasons. <laughs> uh, with with my old band, Neglected Few, we played at some place, oh man, I think it's called like Shenanigans or something in like the Downey area, I believe, or Southgate or something. And uh, it's not in the like degrid- nicest of conditions of rehearsal studios, I think that's what it is, but they had a gig in, in their larger room and uh, there was this dude, like a, I don't know, mid to late 50s dude. And he had all these signs, which blows my mind. He had uh, like, I don't know how many papers printed out, huge ones, like Kinko, you like, you gotta get them done, dude. And uh, it said like to step on him. And so he was just laying face down with his arms out and he wanted people to step on him. What? On the, on the dirtiest floor I've ever seen. Sorry, okay. Shenanigan. And, uh, and he was just laying there, dude. And he had all these signs, like with instructions, like up to twenty people on his head, like whatever, dude. Like, no kidding. I have pictures of it. It's ridiculous. Oh, and, I didn't um, see this. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, toward the end of the night, he was getting desperate, so he was like, fishing his hand and like trying to trick, trip and like trick people to stepping on him because nobody was doing it except for one person, which I'll remain nameless for this time. Okay. But I know. I have a picture.
If woman can survive, they may find In the year 3535 Ain't gonna need to tell the truth Tell no lies Everything you think, do and say Is in the pill you took today metamorphosis like i was at rock bottom at some point i was uh staying in my car it was the craziest year ever uh but before i stood in my car i was uh it's a long kind of a long story uh, i was renting a room with uh my buddy roman danger the promoter right of uh, uh nothing less and all that stuff and uh i was jamming with him and he got me into resistance this whatever and uh he we traveled so my 30th birthday was like, I was having the hardest time. I was barely staying afloat. I had to like sell things to even make, have money for this trip. Like I sold all my old records and stuff and uh, went out to Mexico. And on my 30th birthday, we played two shows in Mexico City and the FF. Uh, but the second one was in the uh, Catepec, mm-hmm. I think it's called. And, um, it was on my birthday and it was the biggest crowd I've ever played for. It was like 2,500 or so people. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Um, and I played a set with Resist and Exist. And I remember at one point, um, uh, the drummer Roman, uh, he we looked at each other because we were both going through stuff when we were living together. And uh, it was a wild time. And uh, we looked at each other like, is this real, dude? Like. Is this really happening? He asked me, and I'm like, yeah, man, this is crazy, dude. And being way down in Mexico, everyone, they're, you know, they're such a huge band in so many ways. It's like uh, they were singing their words. They knew the, the songs. Uh, we met this guy that drove up from Peru and just to see us. So it was like, we met him before the show. And uh, 
just pumped us up, you know, we've just played a really hard show and some cool videos of it out there. And it was just a wild time. Most people. Amazing. So I'm so glad that you bring up the audience because I feel like with people that I've talked to so far that there's always a sense of like nerves and stage fright, no matter how long you've been doing it. And I mean, how would you describe your experience on the stage? Yeah, hundred um, percent. It's um, I don't know because I don't. I'm pretty like I think I'm pretty quiet. Like uh, you know, I'm sociable around people I'm comfortable with, but typically I'm pretty like to do stuff by myself. And um, so that's like total polar opposite extreme of my normal life. And um, it's amazing. It's just like that adrenaline. I don't know. That's, I mean, you're addicted to it. I'm addicted to it. You get addicted to it. It's like uh, just that rush because it's hard for me to do it, you know, to, to go up in front of all those people. I, uh, not so much now because uh, I mean, like with the current band, it's good. I, I feel like more comfortable uh, with the music, but my previous band was like, I would sing and play guitar. Mm-hmm. And it was like that killing me softly song in real life where it was like, I'm singing all my personal notes to all these people and it doesn't even sound good. And I don't even sing good. And it was just rough. And like we played to like nobody so many times and it was like, uh, but that got me over the hump, you know, it was like, you still have to bring your show to whoever's there. So um, going through all that pain and like rough times and stuff, it was like, now it makes it so much easier. It's like, oh, dude, I'm so much more confident in the music. And uh, and it's 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 different, you know? Like I've, I've been in worse bands, so it's like, to be in a, a band I'm just so confident in, it's like, it's exciting. It, it turned into kind of a different thing, I guess. Uh, so then I do want to talk about Los Bacalolos. How exactly did that band come about? Me and my drummer, because like I said, I lived with them um, for like a year or so. Um, we hung out a lot and we went to a Steady 45 show in at La Santa in Santa Ana. And um, we're, I had, we had seen them before. They blew my mind a couple times already. So I was like, I would always tell everybody, oh, you got to see a Steady 45. So I took my friend milo and we're there and then my friend roman coincidentally and my now guitar player jb they were like finished with the gig so they hit us up like what are you guys doing we're like oh we're right here so they came down so um we've known jb from him being in our friends band and all that stuff uh but I, he's like a rockabilly dude and we're like punk guys. And so like we play punk music. So it was it seemed unlikely, but we're watching the city 45s and um, I had got to hang out with the guitar player, the uh, Jose. And we hung out one night. He's like a punk rocker and stuff. And, but they play this music and they all kind of team up and I'm sure they all like their own individual music. So it's kind of like the idea I got of it. And um, I'm watching them play and they're just having a good time. And I was like, man, that looks a lot funner than like what I'm doing right now, screaming in front of all these people like psycho. Um, <laughs> so I, I went over to Milo and the other guys and I was like, uh, man, we should do something where like we could all come together and like, you know, have fun and, you know, do something smooth like this. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And then Milo said, what about surf band? And that was where it all was born, right there in the audience at the show. And uh, and it took maybe a, a couple, maybe even a little longer months to for us to get together. It was maybe a couple weeks. JB took up Milo up on it. He was like, hey, uh, you still serious about that? And he's like, yeah, I have a bass now because I bought a bass when I had no money to buy a bass. That's a whole nother story. I should have never even bought the bass. See, people were trying to talk me out of it. I was so broke and I came up on a little bit of money and I bought a bass when I shouldn't have. And so I was just sitting on it. And um, so he said, what about surf band? Said, yeah, John can play bass. I said, okay. And at that time, I'm barely getting by on the punk stuff. And uh, we jammed one time and we did not sell JB, the guitar player, on the idea. He was like, ah, oh, no, no, no. And like, it took like another month. Like, it just didn't go good. We were ready. And, uh, and then it took like another couple months. Um, 
and Milo and I were just trying to jam. So we rented a rehearsal room and at the last second, I think we might've even been on the way there or something. I was like, should I try to invite uh, Johnny again? And he's like, yeah, why not? And he came down and that was where it all happened. It just clicked that day. We wrote our song. We called it, where's the where's my Pacalolo? Um, and like that video with that jam is on YouTube even. And, um, and from there, it just like became, it just like built itself. It's really weird, really organic thing. And uh, yeah, it's weird, but that's how it manifested, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and then I did want to ask, like, how exactly did the name come about? I know you said that you guys just wrote that song and then that's where it originated. Were there any other names that you guys considered? Uh, no, I don't think there was. Uh, or not any serious ones. Um, I don't know. I was just, uh, I guess it was, I was trying to find, like, a cool word. And I was just, like, looking up random words and, like, translating them. And I was with, like, magic mushrooms and stuff like that, you know? And then uh, I... F- I looked up like uh, marijuana and that popped up and I was like, oh, that's a fucking cool ass word. It sounds cool. It's kind of weird, you know? And um, and I, I was really into like uh, the growlers at the time and I, they used to be like the low growlers or whatever all the time. And mm. I was like, oh yeah, we'll mix the Spanish with the Hawaiian and it, you know, kind of throw everybody off. And uh, that's where the name came from, yeah. I have to admit, it's a pretty catchy name. Like I didn't know what Pacalolo meant. So I was like, I don't know. It's it's pretty cool. So you know, my hat off to you for you guys picking that that oh, name. It sparks curiosity, and and it's people who know they know they're like, oh, the Pacalolos, you know, <laughs> whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, but uh, yeah, it's cool. It's a weird word. I like those. Nice. So you do balance two bands and I do want to know, and then, I mean, not to mention like your personal life and your work life, like it's all incredibly difficult to balance with just even one band. How exactly did you develop your work ethic? Mm. Um, it comes down to that uh, either you want to do it or you don't want to do it, you know, and like, like anything or if <laughs> If you treat it like it's a necessity, then it is, you know, and you make time for it and you find time for it. Um, it's not easy. There's a lot of sacrifice that comes with it for sure. I mean, uh, I lose out on family time. Uh, you know, you miss birthdays. You miss any kind of party you can think of. You miss a lot of stuff, right, pursuing this. Um, but... With the band, uh, with Pacalolos, we got very lucky, and this is why it works the most, is we're used to jamming uh, with other people from L.A. Like, that's how we met. Like, even though we live so close to each other, we met each other in L.A., right? Uh, I've known Milo since forever, since, like, grade school, but uh, that's how we met Johnny. And um, we, it's just geography. We live close to each other. We could practice at his house. We do. We take advantage of it. And... We practice it all the time. So that's easy and we could do it all the time. Even when we say we're not gonna do it, one of us pops a question and next you know we're jamming, dude. So uh that's easy. It works out our schedules all align. I worked and personal schedule, so that's easy. The resist stuff, uh I have to make a little more time for it. Uh I'll like practice when I come home from work. I have like an hour and a half before my kids get out of school practice then i'll practice on the weekend and um just practice by myself and just i mean most of their stuff is we play all their old songs so um it's just listening and playing along to those so not too crazy we've been practicing a lot uh recently so that's a little difficult like i was telling you before we started the show um you know we meet up to practice and peak over vera which is a solid hour away from where I live and uh, we'll practice at seven, get down around 10 or whatever. And then I have to be at work uh, usually at four, sometimes three in the morning, lately at three. So it's like, I'm coming home and taking a nap. It's, it's not easy, but the jam is so worth it. Like once we hit a groove, oh dude, that's worth everything to me. And that's why I keep coming back. <laughs> No, yeah, this is exactly why I put, like, you are absolutely one of the most dedicated musicians I've met. Because 
I mean, like you said, it, it, there's sacrifices that have to be made, whether it's like birthday parties or just parties in general that you miss or even sacrificing sleep. So you yeah. definitely have this love and dedication to music and to creating. So do you see yourself continuing to perform till, you know, old age or do you ever see yourself retiring? Oh man, I don't even know if I really looked that far naturally, like just my mind. Um, but yeah, it has come through. Uh, I hope so. I hope I'm able to do it. You know, I'm coming into my mid thirties right now and, uh, my body's already feeling some wear and tear, which is <laughs> silly, but it's true. So, I mean, I can't imagine what the mid 50s, if I'm lucky enough to get that far, are going to be like. Um, I hope so. You know, my uh, my oldest son is becoming kind of a musician himself. So I would like to be able to jam with him as an older dude. And good thing I had him when I was fairly young. So, you know, they get that youthful side of him. So, um yeah, I hope so. I want to. I, I don't know where I don't know where it goes, but I hope so. I remember, I remember when I used to play shoot 'em up, shoot 'em up, bang bang.
everything I got is done in pawn. question that I decided to change it up for season three of the Napalm and Friends. I am going to ask everyone across the board, if you had to explain to a Martian what you do, how exactly would you explain it? (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. All right, that's fair. (laughs) Um, I, I... I don't even know if I would use, uh, clearly I probably would not use words and I don't think it's a, a, a linguistics thing. It's, uh, you know, it's start of showing and just doing it, you know, and uh, they say music is an international thing, but I think it goes beyond that, like an international language. I think it goes beyond that because it's so uh, fundamental. It's all vibrations. It's all tones and uh, it's just energy and all this stuff and pulsating stuff um so i would just show them i think yeah i would just play some jams get the get the group together get the pakalolos together and just show them what's up (laughs) all right that's fair i like that so this leads me to my final question to you oh rather what i do want to say to listeners i will be tagging your instagram and your band's instagram to the bio of this episode so if you whoever's listening if you guys want to check out what exactly we're talking about as far as like surf music and punk it's right there it's fantastic music um i did check out los pacalolos and i'm sorry if i keep mispronouncing i feel like i got like um you guys also cover like the Misfits. Yeah, that was a big thing for me. Uh, starting the band was uh, I want. I'm a real stickler on like random obscure covers. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I hear it a lot with the surf music, like uh, you know, you hear like the Beatles and stuff. Like, really weird, weird talk, you know. But uh, that's just like I'm very adamant about that and. I mean, it's a group decision and we all agree on what we end up playing. Um, and we're pretty democratic about everything. I think that's key, but um, we've said no to a lot of songs. <laughs> Probably I said no to a lot of songs if you ask them. Um, and I present a lot of songs and we don't always play the ones I think. And sometimes it's just a matter of timing, but uh, really big about playing 
like we play the Misfits, we play Out Chicano, we play like Sabor Ami, we play uh, the Ronettes. I think you might have heard. Uh, yeah, we play just random stuff. Yeah. No, and that's what I love. And so for the listeners, I will also be including links to YouTube videos and the YouTube channel. Um, because I mean, where, where else can listeners find you guys? Oh, anywhere. We like on any streaming music website, according to the site I went through, we should be on there. So uh, if it's Pandora, uh, anything, just, I mean, we're everywhere. We should be everywhere. Apple Music, everywhere. Or else, let me know and I got to talk to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> so if you just look up the name, it should come up anywhere. Yeah, and then, I mean, again, I will also be including links in the bio of this episode, so no excuses. It's there at your fingertips. Just click, listen, and follow, and you, honestly, you won't regret it. Thank you. So, th again, this goes back to my final question. Um, what advice do you wish you can give to 15-year-old you? Oh, yeah, so I thought about this a little bit. Um... That is a big question. All my favorite podcasts and with something similar to this question. So um, I think I would say just trust your gut, I think is what I would say, because I've always had like a real, I've been like a big intuition person and uh, a lot of times I'm correct. I mean, not always, but uh, I would just try to give myself more confidence in doing that earlier. And um, yeah, I think that's, the right path for sure no definitely i couldn't agree more because i kind of have that same advice for myself for younger me as far as like right. just following your gut like you know you can't explain it but you just know yeah and so i mean i'm the type where sometimes i gotta touch the fire different fires to see how hot they are you know or what's going on with them and yeah it's like and you know retrospect of course it's 2020 but um yeah, I mean, I knew when I was not doing the right thing and when I knew when I was doing the right thing and I just listened to myself more, listened to the intuition. That's awesome. Well, I am super grateful that you gave me a bit of your time. I don't have any other questions for you unless you have any final words for listeners. Uh, no, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, yeah, this is cool. I, I'm a fan, like I said, so uh, <laughs> I, I love what you do and... Keep it up. I'm trying to catch up on all the episodes, uh, like quite a few in. I'm still on the King Khan episode, and that was a really rad one. So, love what you oh, do. Yeah, definitely Good. appreciate it. So, till next week, guys. Thanks for tuning in.